Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Andrew, what's up, dog? Hey, nothing. You? Hey guys, uh, Matt Reister, Andrew Nordstrom, Christian Crusaders. We're here doing a sidekick intro for an interview we're going to do that I did with Russell Mullenberg. He's a pastor in Decatur, Illinois, by way of the University of Northern Iowa. And he came and spoke at the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. And I was able to interview him there about a book that he wrote called Misquoted, Things We Think Are in the Bible But Are Not. A really compelling idea. Uh for a book, and now he's preached at the Bible conference on two of those. Last year he talked about God won't give you more than you can handle, and this year he talked about love the sinner, hate the sin. Yes. And if you're interested in either of those, you can go to the Cedar Falls Bible Conference webpage. In fact, we'll link them on the show notes here. But, Andrew, you listened to that interview, and yep. we've been kind of talking about the concept behind it. What yeah. do you think? I love it. I love, uh, you know, at first you, you hear a book like that, and you think, oh, that's, that's, it's a, it's just kind of interesting to, to listen to. Um, but then, it, it, you know what I mean, like like almost like a, like a fact book. Um, interesting to hear about, but, you know, how, how much does it really have an impact? The fact that he's now come and done, uh, you know, done sermons, basically, messages on them um and he goes beyond just oh isn't it interesting that this isn't in the bible but people think it is ha ha ha, ha. you know yeah it, it's actually um you know he digs into to to talk about a little bit more of the why and then um you know encourages takes that and, and encourages us to to find uh some greater context in well i'll just tell you like the one that he preached on this year love the sinner hate the sin he did a really thorough biblical survey of showing us all the places where it actually does say in the Bible that we should love sinners. Right. And where it also says in the Bible that we should hate sin. Uh, and he said on a scale of 1 to 10 of I really, really don't believe this is true, and 10, I really, really think it's biblical. He said he kind of vacillates, and he said on any given day, he, he said, today I think I'm about a 6. Yeah. He said it's not so much that it's technically not supported by Scripture, because it largely is, but he's saying when you're talking to somebody who's caught in some kind of sin, and you're saying, talking about them or talking to them like, I need to love you and hate your sin, he said it just doesn't feel terribly loving. Right. It feels kind of judgmental and condescending. And not that judgment is not part of how God deals with people, but you understand what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, I, I totally get that. And, and, uh, for me, I, I have to, I have to really think through when I say love the sinner, hate the sin. Um, cause I'm like saying that backwards is, is <laughs> love the sin, hate the sinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, back a few years ago during the, uh, during the wars in Iraq, I uh, had an uncle who would who would jokingly say uh, that he supports the war, but he's against the troops. 
because you had so <laughs> so many people out there saying like like oh I'm against the war but I support the troops. You know? He was he would he would just, just as funny. A, just as a joke he would say yeah oh I support the war but I'm against the troops. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> oh yeah okay yeah no I but I big you know I love this uh, I love the idea of, of keeping biblical quotes in context because um, there's so many things out there that do they sound biblical. Um, you know, and you and I were talking about a couple of them ahead of time, like the uh, money is the root of evil. Like, n- no, m- the love of money is the root, the root of all kinds of evil. You're big difference. Right, exactly. I just, I just got into it with a guy on Facebook on that like three days ago. Like, exactly. Stop misquoting things to exactly. push your agenda. Exactly. And one 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 hilarious thing that, I, that comes to mind whenever we talk about biblical context uh, a couple of years back, back when when malls were still a thing and they were thriving, and you know there was always that little kiosk in the middle of the mall, starting about October, that was selling calendars, yeah. and um, and one of them had a calendar that was beautiful landscape scenes, you know, mountains and lakes and stuff, and um, and it was list- it was shown as a uh, um, biblical quotes, like you oh. know, so it was supposed to be like you know, this inspirational whatever. And um, and the example on the front said, "quote dot dot dot," and all this will be yours. Dot dot dot. End quote. And <laughs> how vague can and, you be? And I and I looked at that and I go, and and the the the, the calendar person, you know, who he, some teenage kid who doesn't doesn't care at all. And I, but he's standing right there, and I looked at it and I go, "That's a quote from Satan." <laughs> Which it is. It is right when when he's tempting Jesus and he brings him up to the to the top of the temple and he says, "And if you bow down and worship me, all this will be yours." You know. And so the calendar rips that out and sticks it on there. Like right. The calendar just like sucks out this tiny little half verse, puts it on the front because it, they thought it looked good for you know a, a mountain forest lake scene. And <laughs> you know, that reminds me of, and you, people should go do this. We have another podcast called the Daily Dose Devotions. We do a Bible overview devotion. If you go back to my devotion from years ago on Jeremiah 29, 11, Jeremiah 29, mm-hmm. 11 is one of those verses. For yes. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, give you hope in a future. People misquote that thing oh, and yes. misapply it. It's on it's on Hallmark cards and it's out at Hobby Lobby on wall hangings. Every other Christian kid has it on their graduation card. It's like, do you understand what's going on in that verse? And nobody does. No. Drives me nuts. But this one here, yeah. quoting Satan on the Bible verse right. calendar is is takes it's all of epic. it. Epic. Just and of course <laughs> I say it out loud just because like it's it's so amusing to me, I just kinda of blurt it out. And this like seventeen year old pimply kid working at this kiosk is just like uh, I don't I don't know about that <laughs> just, just walks away. <laughs> anyway, guys, you're gonna enjoy this interview with Russell Mullenberg, Pastor Russell Mullenberg, mm-hmm. may even be doctor. I'm not sure. I think he's working on it. Uh, misquoted things you think are in the Bible, we think are in the Bible, but are not. Thanks yep. for tuning in, and come check out more of our stuff later. Hey everybody, Matt Reister here with the CC Podcast Conversations. Today I am in the green room of the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, and I'm talking to Russell Mullenberg. Took me a long time to not say Muhlenberg. I appreciate that. Uh, (laughs) Hi, Matt. 
Good to have you here. Russell, just this morning, spoke to our audience about one of the chapters in his book. He, he wrote a book a year or so ago. Is that right? Yeah, about a year ago. Called Misquoted, Things We Think Are in the Bible But Are Not. And that's a great kind of uh, premise for the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. The Bible is our middle name. We want to be accurate with how we understand the Bible, accurate with how we apply the Bible. And Russell, you put together a book with these examples of misquoted things. So tell us about that. Yeah, so they're, they're Christian cliches. They're these things that we... Tell us, tell everyone what cliche comes from. That, that was <laughs> yeah. interesting. To well, me. yeah, according to the internet, uh, cliche <laughs> comes from the French and the early French printers when, they're, uh, when, they're, when their machines would smack down on the paper, it'd make a sound to them. It sounded like their French word for click which is cliche. So cliche, cliche. And so it just kind of entered the lexicon as a word for something that gets repeated a lot, right? A stereotypical kind of phrase. And so um, that's what the book is about is these, these things. Often we just sort of say them reflexively that we hear a lot and uh, almost as though they've got the force of scripture. So things like, um, God helps those who help themselves. Uh, I was going to just bust through these. Yeah. Yeah. Bust, well, cause I, yeah, I wanted to correct you. What I talked about this morning is not in the book. So this is like bonus material, right? So yeah, you can bust through the eight that are in the book and then we'll talk about the one I talked about this morning. And and the way you said, which makes sense because the way you set it up is, and I'll let you do this in a second, but you just said you've never been sure how to quite handle this. Yeah, I'm still not sure. Yeah, I've just finished preaching on it. I still don't know. We'll get to it. So the, the eight in the book are God helps those who help themselves, let go and let God, just God just wants me to be happy. Time heals all wounds. Charity begins at home. Just follow your heart. God will not give you more than you can handle. I think you did that one last year. Yeah, that's what I talked about last year. And everything happens for a reason. So how did you get to these eight, and why did you write this in the first place? Yeah, I. It, it's just something that's been kicking around, like I said this morning, almost 20 years that I've been keeping this list. Like I had this piece of paper tucked away in a book and I'd come back to it again and again. And, you know, if I'd hear a phrase and I'd think, man, yeah, that we hear that a lot, but is it really biblical? Right. You know, and I'd write it on my list and yeah. So between like three sermon series now, I've probably preached on about 18 of them. I couldn't even tell you all of them. So I just collected these eight. Um, is there a part two coming out, you think? Or? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I well, don't know. But, you know what all the big time preachers do is they, they just give the sermons to their assistant and, and say, let, make a book out. Yeah, well, I'm not a big time preacher. <laughs> so, um, you know, so so these were the, the ones that caught me, right, that, that catch my ear and, and thinking about that. But you asked, you know, so why write the book? And it, it is bigger than just these phrases. It's not like I've got an ax to grind with every one of these phrases or I'm, you know, that guy who's trying to get Christians to stop saying this or that. Um, it's bigger that idea of since we do believe in the Bible and we do say as Christians, you know, we, we stand on the word of God. And then we're using these phrases and we treat them almost like they're scripture. And, and, and so I said, what I wanted to do was I wanted to look at that biblically. Mm-hmm. Look at those phrases, just kind of, you know, put them out on the exam table and poke at them a little bit and, and see, well, we're okay. There's obviously a reason this gets repeated and we say this a lot, you know, so there's some Bible truth here. But then when you reflect on it and you realize, well, there are, there are some ways that we use this phrase, and this is true for all of them, you know, I'm speaking generally, that maybe take it a little off kilter or take you in the wrong direction. So I'll just, you know, pick on that first one. God helps those who help themselves. 
you know, in some ways is the most popular Bible verse in America. Yeah. People who don't go to church really believe that's a Bible verse. Yeah. You know, it's Ben Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and when you stop and think about it, the reality is that's a self-help message, right? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, get off the couch and get to work, you very, know, very American, very American and, and, and some good stuff there. Right. I mean, we, 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 we don't believe even as Christians, we don't believe in just, you know, lazy and let everybody else do it. But at its heart, it's anti-gospel. Yeah. Right. It says you can save yourself. You help yourself. Just help yourself. And yeah. of course, the gospel says Jesus came to me when I couldn't help myself. Right. Right. And I was dead. Yeah, I was de literally dead. And, and, and he brings me back to life. And so, um, you know, you got to balance that out. I don't want to be a help yourself Christian. I want to be a Jesus helped me. Christian and, and that's yeah. the gospel message that so um yeah really long-winded answer to your question but but the the real premise of the book is really to help all of us to think critically yes whether it's a cliche or even just you know um this politician is telling you this is what you're supposed to believe I want you to be able to go okay let's hold that up and let's let's evaluate. question that let's evaluate yeah. let's let's subject that to scripture what I really appreciated about your message this morning and, and you did the same thing last year um is you're putting in practice, we, we had another preacher yesterday morning to launch the conference named Tim Butker, and actually he's one of the radio preachers for Christian Crusaders, the ministry under which this podcast exists. Well, let's keep playing bingo. He was also my college pastor when I went to you and I, and I, I was actually on the team that helped bring him to Cedar Falls. I so. didn't, you told us that yeah. this morning. I didn't know that. That's so everyone's. <laughs> oh thinking. yeah. Everything's connected, right? But uh, Tim, at the end of his message yesterday, exhorted people, okay, we're going into the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. We're going to be gathering together three times a day at minimum to study the Word of God. Let's be like the Bereans. And the Bereans were known in Scripture for taking everything that they heard and then evaluating it against the truth. Right, and, right. and what you were doing today was taking a cliche and doing exactly that and kind of showing us how to do that and, and giving us really a... Uh, I'd say a survey of scripture as it relates to that cliche. And then, and then, and we'll get to this in a little bit, but it, in this particular instance saying uh, I could go this way or I could go that way with this particular cliche, but we've mm -hmm. evaluated in the light of scripture. Now you go decide what you're going right. to do with it. Yeah. And Which I just, well, we always, you know, with everything in life, you've got, we ultimately, we are still free to decide where we come on things, but let's, let's not just take it because somebody, you know, don't take it just because Russell Mullenberg told you to, or, yeah. or, you know, preacher X, Y, or Z. Um, let's, let's use the Bible. Let's, let's use the biblical knowledge we have to evaluate these things. And, and you didn't, you didn't spend a lot of time making the case for the authority or the inerrancy of God's word, but it's just implied in what you're doing because you're consulting the highest authority scripture right, right. on the map. Yeah. I mean, I, I do believe in the inerrancy and the authority of God's word. Um, but that's almost irrelevant to what I'm doing. What, what I'm saying is if we do believe in the authority of God's word, then let's act like it. Yeah. Right. So, so really whether the Bible is true or not, doesn't make any difference in the examination I'm doing. Right. The examination I'm doing is just, is, is this thing consistent with the Bible? Right. And then if the Bible's true, well then, you know, proceed, yeah. proceed from there. <laughs> One thing you just said that I want you to say more about is, uh, one of the things this is trying to help people do is think critically. Mm -hmm. And I'm not an academic and I'm not an intellectual, but I, 
at some level see myself as a critical thinker a little bit of a skeptic at heart i'm always asking like prove it to me yeah i'm always say i'm always i'm very doubtful when i read something in the news or online i want to know who it's from i want to know if it's verifiable and i'm not i'm not it's not like i'm airtight on that but we ought to be a little bit i mean it, in our information age where there are more and more sources um you know the we need to be able to think for ourselves. We need to be able to evaluate and um, fact check and so, cross-reference. And yeah. So what is your uh, take on just Christianity today regarding our ability in general to think critically? How well is the body of Christ doing at thinking critically? And, and why do you think what you think? Oh, Matt, I don't know. If <laughs> Go ahead. Let, uh, no, I, yeah, hey, I don't know if anybody at my church that I pass, so I'm not going to say anything about them. <laughs> you know, the pa churches I've pastored and my experience with them. Um, or, you know, my other grid would be, you know, like Christian social media. And I'll, I'll tell you, Christian social media does not fill me with hope <laughs> that people have got their critical thinking on. Right. Yeah. It, it just seems like you, you get somebody will put something posted out there and it just then it multiplies and it duplicates and it, yeah. and it's like, Whoa, wait a minute. You know? And of course, if you're fact checking against somebody else posted on social media, that's, that's a feedback cycle. That's probably not super healthy or, or reliable yeah. either. So, um, so, so I guess, 10,000 feet, Matt, I don't feel like we're doing a great job yeah. of thinking critically as Christians um, and thinking biblically. Yeah. And, and to me, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I'm going to back up to, I, I love the Berean verse. Yeah. And um, now I can't even, it's Acts 17. I'm not sure I can give you the verse, but I love that verse because it says, you know, Paul gets to Berean. There, there's only like three verses about the Bereans in the whole Bible. And these guys are, you know, Paul gets there and he leaves Thessalonica, Thessalonica where they kind of ran him out of town and he gets to, and, and it says the Bereans were no, more noble than the Thessalonians because they were eager to hear what Paul said. Yeah. And then they examined what he said against scripture. And I think what a great posture Christians should have. I, I call it, um, you know, enthusiastic skepticism. Yeah. Right? Eager yeah. to hear what he had to say. They, they want, man, they were eating it up. They would tell us more, Paul. And then, you know, Paul stops talking. They're like, okay, we're going to go check that. Yeah. You know, and then they go open, I guess they're unscrolling or whatever, their version of the scriptures that they had available. And they're checking it against it. That's, yeah. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, and, and so let alone, you know, your news sources are that sort of thing. Certainly those of us who do stand on the authority of scripture is we're hearing things and we're told this is how we're supposed to be in the world. or This is how we're supposed to react to that issue. Or, you know, let's, okay, let's put my Bible hat on. Right. Let's check that, you know. And, and of course, you know, one of the things that's going to happen is the Bible's not going to be completely clear on all of that. Right. Right. And so we're going to have to kind of decide for ourselves. And we might even realize, well, you know, some people who see an issue differently than me, they've got some good biblical reasons for that as well. Right. I, as you're talking, I'm thinking I was pretty active politically at a former period in my life, ran for the state legislature a couple of times. Um, thankfully, now I lost close races. Mm. I, I'm, I'm concerned about what I would have become mm. had I yeah. had I won those races. And um one thing I discovered, and I still have strong political opinions. I think it's important for Christians to be involved in politics, pray, vote, all that. But one thing I discovered about myself 
uh, in, in the aftermath of that and growing in my faith through that time and since that time is I was certainly guilty of just taking a, um, a company line on yeah. a particular issue rather than, like you just said, putting my Bible hat on and evaluating it that way. And I don't know that there are any major issues that having grown in the way I'm describing, I've changed my mind on. But I've nuanced some things. At least understand that people who hold a different view are not the worst people in the world. Yeah. You know, they got there somehow. Right. You know, and and, and in in some cases because they don't believe in the Bible. Right. And I get that. But that. Yeah. um, They're not obligated to in every case. So the the whole thing of, of, and I, I like the illustration you used, putting your Bible hat on. And at the Cedar Falls Bible Conference and at Christian Crusaders, that we want to help people put their Bible yeah. hat on. And that's yeah. exactly what you're wanting yeah. to help people do. You know, that's why I did the book and I, I put a discussion guide in there. Cause I really, I'm, ultimately I'm hoping to start a conversation, get together with a few friends and, you know, read this. I've got online videos you can watch to, you know, get you on the same page and then discuss it and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and literally vote at the end. How do you feel about this phrase or that phrase? And, yeah. and having the opportunity when I speak about it or when I do these sermon series at my church, it's the same idea. It's, you know, one thing that, you know, let's talk about, um, you know, everything happens for a reason, which is one of those phrases I really don't like, you know, so I, I, I don't mind cutting that down, but really I'm hoping now, okay, use this kind of process of biblical thinking Yes. More. Everywhere else. Everywhere else. Yeah. When the opportunity arrives, you know. Which is all the time. For, it is. It is. You know, from... Yeah, just having a conversation with your friend and they don't know what to say and they drop a, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, well, you know. <laughs> or or to you know you're you end up at a political rally and you're getting told this is what has to happen and you got to be able to evaluate that yeah for sure so let's just spend a little bit of time on everything happens for a reason okay. you, you've piqued my interest now and before we do that where can people get the book where do they get the online videos how does that all yeah work? well uh, thanks for asking so it, it's an amazon published book so that's really the only place you can get it but if you do look up misquoted russell mullenberg my name is m-u-i-l-e-n-b-u-r-g on amazon um they print it on demand which is a really nice deal and so for 13 dollars, and then they'll send it to you and um i won't give you my website but my website's in the book and the videos are housed there and those are free great Perfect. um com. but so everything eatthisword.com yeah yeah okay Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. What's your question? My question is, um, my, <laughs> my question is, a lot of people who hear that, like me, who think they have their Bible hat on, are going, well. It does, right? God's in control of everything. God's in control. He's got a reason for everything that happens. Yeah, he does. And so in a technical sense, everything does happen for a reason. So yeah, what, probably. So what's the problem? The only time we use that phrase is when something bad happens. Yeah. So what I'm really saying is, you know, this bad thing that happened to you, Matt, it actually happened for a good reason. So it's not that bad. Suck it up. You're going to be fine. Sure. That's kind of what. Right. Com- Where's your faith? Come on. You know, God, you know, there's silver lining in this. Well, I'm sorry. I don't want silver lining in the middle of grieving somebody or something, you know? And, and so that, that's the thing. That's the way we use it, you know, cause we don't know what else to say. We're, we're confronted with somebody who's in the middle of sorrow and I don't know what to say. So I'm like, well, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And, and I'm, well, <laughs> a, I don't want to try to figure that reason out right now. Right. Um, B, I don't believe God is the author of this bad thing. 
Yeah. I, 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 my faith says it did not happen outside of his control, but that's different than saying he's the one who caused this yeah. to happen. This Amen. tragedy in your life. He took this person away from you. He took this dream away. From, well, that doesn't paint a very appealing picture of God, you know, and, and, yeah. and that, yeah, it's a fallen world. Bad stuff happens. It does. God's still in control. I take great comfort in that. So let's but the get, phrase itself, yes. in my evaluation, not terribly helpful. Now we're going to go into the deep end here. All right. And, and I, I'm, this isn't, uh, I, you, I don't know if you've heard our podcast or I'm just, it's very conversational and very like, uh, back and forth. Sure. Just casual enough to get me in trouble. Right. No, no, no. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm putting my Bible hat on now yeah. and I'm going, okay, what do you do? I, what I'm want to dig a little bit deeper on that. You just said is that God, may have allowed this bad thing yeah but he certainly wasn't the author of this bad thing so i'm thinking of times in scripture where it seems like god was the author of something that we would perceive to be bad like the hardening of pharaoh's heart or like the crucifixion of jesus or right and so, so you you're not categorically saying god never authors things that we perceive as bad no no i'm not i mean i'm i i am I have a big view of a sovereign God. Yeah. I really do, right? And, and the crucifixion is like the ultimate test case. Yes, yes. Right? Because the, the apostles are ready to declare afterwards, you know, this this man that, that you put to death, they're not afraid to blame the men, you know, you did it. Yeah. At God's behalf or behest or, you know, yeah. they, they, they'll say literally the same sentence. You all did it. You're guilty. Because that's what God planned to happen. Right. Right? Yeah. I don't, you know. And of course, you know, one of the things we, and, and of, I know this is the heart of somebody who says to me in the middle of my grief, you know, everything happens for a good reason or everything happens for a reason, is they're trying to be comforting. All things work together for those yeah. who love him. Yeah. And that, it was just a great verse. And, yeah. and, and definitely applies here. Um, and that's part of the belief. So, in fact, that verse is great. All things work together is different than saying God made this bad thing happen. So now, because it was the only way for him to get to this good thing. Yeah. No, we live in a world where bad things happen. Yeah. God's still sovereign. So I believe he can and will make good out of it. Yes. But I do not believe God had to put me through this in order to get yeah. to what he wanted. Yeah. Because that does make God a pretty. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I don't abusive. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't believe that. That's not the picture the Bible paints of him. It, it, it'd rather live with the tension of, yeah, you did it and God did it. And mm -hmm. you know, there you go. Those things sound contradictory, but they're both true. So mm -hmm. another thing that comes to mind now we've got the pastor in the hot seat, um, <laughs> old Testament genocide. Yeah. What do you do with that? I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I, I even framed it in the most negative way I could. Yeah. Old Testament well, Genesis. I don't even know if I actually believe it's that. It's, it's judgment. This this judgment that God execute. So, so the, for example, the people are entering the promised land, and he's basically like, yeah, these Canaanites, they're, they're going to be removed. Yep. You know, and, and, and literally, you know, in Judges, part of the problem is people don't do they, what they're supposed to. They allow some of these people to... Live. remain yeah and you know in in some ways to this day it's still a problem yeah yeah oh that's pretty awful i'm you know but i i, I it, don't so is god abusive I, no <laughs> <laughs> uh, i god is gonna judge evil yeah 
and it's God's prerogative to judge evil when, yep. where, and how he wants to. Yeah. Um, those people lived in a theocracy, so very differently yep. than any sort of government system we're under today. Or is around. You know, and I would be absolutely <clears throat> terrified of anybody who claimed now to have divine mandate to wipe out this people group or that. that For sure. You know, but that is how that worked then. Right. That's about the best I can do for you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, yeah, I don't know. I'll ask you, Matt. Would, would you have thought Moses was nuts? I would have. I think I would have too. Yeah. You know, it, the guy comes down off the mountains. I've been having conversations with this guy you can't see. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to today. Yeah. yeah let's, we're, okay. We're, let's move on. We're not even in the deep end yet. <laughs> uh, um, today's. Tell us the whole kind of you don't need to re-give your message no. but um this one that you preached on today why it didn't make the cut for the book and why you've been kind of you know around, figuring right. out how to handle we it. teased that way at the beginning of the podcast and so now however long later i hope people are still listening and they're like <laughs> well, what was it okay so the phrase is and it's probably the phrase that prompted me to write the book it was the top of my list and it's uh love the sin or <laughs> love love the sinner hate the sin yeah you know, I've, I've, I've just, I've, I've heard it for, you know, my whole life. Uh, we're supposed to, as Christians, we're called to love the sinner and hate the sin. And, and yeah, part of what I said this morning is I, every time I'd preach a series and start plucking them out of my list. And when I put the book together, I just never put this one in because I just can't decide. It's interesting to me that it's the number one thing on your list. It's what inspired you to write the book. And but I it still doesn't get into the book. Well, you know, and part of my point is, so not all of these cliches are just completely wrong. Right. And, and this one, probably more than anyone, any of them, I can really see. Yeah. The truth, the, and, and really the grace that is implied in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. We are called to oppose evil. Um, but we are called to love everyone. Right. You know, so yeah, I got, you know, love the sinner. It's that's simple. It's good, right? All Christians should agree. Um, but it's not Bible, you know, not, not in those words. So mm -hmm. I, I walked through several verses this morning that, you know, they get close to it and that sort of thing. But it's just that, that sort of um, raw, cute. And that's part of the problem with cliches is they become kind of cute, yep. right? You yep. know, love the sinner, hate the sin. Simple. Right. 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 Well, yeah, no. And, and, and so, you know, the, the thing I wrestle with and, and what I talked about is is just very few people that you apply that to, especially if you say it right to somebody's face, are going to receive that warmly. Mm -hmm. Right. Because really the word hate really just shuts everything else off. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and so more than a call to love everyone is what it's supposed to be. It, it really reads like permission for me to hate people who mm -hmm. commit particular sins. Right. And that's yeah. the other thing I talked about is we start to get selective about which sins we'll use this for yep. and, and talk about, you know, and so yeah, I got a chuckle this morning when I said, yeah, you know, somebody comes up to you and says, yeah, you know, Russell, I really love you, but you're a self-centered jerk. I would. I love you, and I hate that sin. Yeah. Well, I would, but I don't think I'd receive that very well, right? right? That wouldn't feel very good if you said that to me. You just labeled me a self-centered jerk. You just labeled me a sinner. Yeah. You know, you're like this one particular sin in me that that gives you permission to really say whatever you want about me, and I don't, you know, and and so that's where that's why I just so it's biblical truth, but I don't think it's helpful. Yeah. That's kind of where I concluded. And that's, 
a, a few of the other ones, we won't go through all of them, but a few of the other ones that you've written about, you could argue that technically, well, the one we just talked about. Everything happens for a reason, yeah. Technically, you could argue pretty strongly it's true, but part of what you're kind of um, arguing against is how we use it. Oh, yeah. it, it might be technically true, but it's not terribly helpful in this circumstance. Right, right. And, it's the, and then you're back to the cuteness and the glibness yeah. and the, the, you know, the certainty. Yep. A lot of these phrases allow us to really state something with a lot of certainty when we're talking about issues that are, yep. you know, complex. Yep. And, and, and so, um, and I can't remember, but in the introduction of the book, I, I, I quote a proverb that talks about singing songs to a heavy heart. Mm-hmm. And, and cautions against that sort of thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and so a lot of them, I, I kind of that's my read on it. Is is yeah, there, there's a nugget of truth here, but is it really helpful the way we use it? Are we bringing the kind of comfort we intend? Or right. you know, if I'm trying to say to somebody, you know, I love you in spite of this particular sin in your life, and I'm trying, I'm really trying to say, well, I love you, no man, I really love you, but all they're hearing is. Well, they, but but they'll never accept me because this thing, you know, it, well, 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 right? I, so I use the example of homosexuality. Well, you said we might yeah. talk about that a little bit, right? You know, and, and for a lot of folks, that if they're identifying that way, that is a, it's part of who they are. Yep. Um, and, and right or wrong, you know, and for me to just sort of dismiss that whole part of a thing they've made a part of their identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it'd be like somebody coming up to me and saying, hey, I hate you. No, excuse me. I love you, but I hate your Christianity. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, well, I'm, I guess I'm, you know, I'm balling my fist up at that point. Yeah, I think you're right that, that the place where I've heard that cliche applied the most these days is with reference to homosexuality. Right. Love the sinner, hate the sin. And, and as I was listening to you and as i was kind of turning this over in my head and as i was thinking about how the crowd the audience here today 300 350 people that were here Mm -hmm. this morning were receiving this i know specific people in the room and i know that there are some people who are more on the love the sinner side right and there are other people who are more on the hate the sin side Mm -hmm. And, and this particular issue homosexuality is so polarizing and so um charged in our culture and even in our Christian culture today that I, that I could imagine somebody on the love, the sinner side being really excited as you were talking about the aspects of how this just doesn't feel like love. When you right. say it, yep. this person identifies this way and it's just kind of an insult and disrespectful and it's not a way to communicate love. And they're going, yeah, tell them, tell them. And then you got the person on the other side who's the hate, the sin person. And when you're talking about, you know, we need to continue to stand for truth. We need to continue to oppose things that are evil. They're like going, yeah, tell them, tell them. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. That's and, the wrestling, right? And, and so, um, so specifically, and I don't know, I mean, I don't want to make this the homosexuality podcast, but uh, because you talked about it this morning and because it's on my mind and because we're talking about this. How do we navigate this? I mean, let me just ask you straight up. I don't know. Is homosexuality a sin? I believe it is. Yeah. I, 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 I do too. I, well, I mean, but I, I'll even be a little more nuanced than that. Okay. I mean, I, I believe we all have sinful natures. For sure. We don't necessarily choose what our temptations are. True. And I don't think having... That was a, 
you know, on, on one hand, we're condemned because of our sinful natures. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, I don't think we're necessarily held responsible for what our temptation is. We're held responsible for what we act on. So I do yeah. not think being same-sex attracted is necessarily disqualifying of anything. It's certainly not disqualifying of salvation. And, and I'm, I don't think it would be disqualifying of being in the church or even serving in the well, church I if mean, you have that attraction. Well, I'm heterosexual attracted right. to people who aren't my wife. The, and there are right? guidelines and boundaries around that. that whether you, just, you skipped over that pretty well, right? Right. <laughs> whether it's easy or hard for you to stay within those boundaries and guidelines. Yes. You know, especially as a Christian leader, we would expect you to stay within those guidelines. Of course. Right. Which means for Which you, I, I faithful do. to your wife. For the, for the record, yeah, all right. I'm clean. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, you know, um, so, so, you know. No, not necessarily as homosexuality is in, but acting yes. on homosexual when, when I, I, acts. That's a good distinction. Because you know, when, I, when I ask, is homosexuality a sin? What I'm asking, what, when I, what the question I was asking right. was, is committing, uh, having sex with the same sex a sin? Yeah. Yes, because that's, yeah. that's acting on the temptation. I, I believe it is. I believe the Bible covers it often enough. Yeah, and by and, the way, whether we believe it is or not doesn't really matter. Right. It's right. What, I mean, what you know, and again, the question is, is, is it according to scripture? And yes. then we can have that question of whether you want to be, you know, obedient to the authority of scripture or not. But, right. You know, like I, um, so, uh, now I'll get my train of thought back. Uh, I believe those actions and here's why that's important to distinguish that is because because in our cultural moment we we can be man you know uh these people who are same-sex attracted we gotta exclude them we gotta yeah. you know they're they're it's bad for our culture and it's and and whatever all those things and and, and part of it is if there's any hope in that um as christians we gotta be saying hey look yeah we are all beset by temptations we're, we're not asking, we, we're not asking you necessarily to change that. I mean, this isn't, this isn't easy. I mean, it's, but, but there are, and there are faithful people. I referenced one of them today you who is um, same sex attracted and he's, he's living a celibate life. Yep. I don't think that's easy. I don't just, just like, again, for people that are wigging out, listening to this, go, well, that's not fair. That's who he is. Just like guys yeah, who, who aren't married, married are widowed or, or who are, who are, who are, opposite sex attracted but believe that scripture is clear about the boundaries around yeah. that and decide not to live that out right and yeah you know so so if i become widowed what do i do yeah well i mean i will i will live chaste. i have to live chaste yeah um you know possibly for the rest of my life or or you know or i don't know i'm not making an announcement to my wife about what's going to happen if she passes on. <laughs> I don't know. There's no plans. Uh, you know, but that's right. It's not. And, and, and I'm not saying that's easy. No, I'm not. Uh, especially for people who, who are safe sex attracted and desperately want someone in their life. And I, I don't, I don't and I can't even make that decision for them. Mm -hmm. All I can say is I believe biblically mm -hmm. God would be calling us to not do that. How do you think we've gotten to the place even in our Christian culture, so I'm familiar with a church right now that uh, is part of a denomination that has, over the last 25 plus years, drifted outside of mainstream biblical, you know, teaching. They take a vote on whether to leave or not, and they need 66% to leave the denomination 
it seems like a slam dunk to a lot of people who take the authority of God's word seriously. They take they take a vote. They get sixty three percent instead of sixty six percent. They're stuck in this yeah. place where the minority is keeping them tied to this denomination. And in the post vote conversations that have been happening, a lot of people who voted to stay viewed the vote as a proxy on whether we love gay people or not. Yeah, and, and I, and, I mean, and so how do we get to the place where? Uh, and I don't, you know, and the politics of that. My own denomination in the last three or four years has gone through it, and I don't have great answers. And in some ways, um, you know, personally, I've softened on that. Um, I've come, I've come to the point, you know, as a pastor, the local congregation I'm in, being able to do what well, we feel God is calling us to do. Mm-hmm. You don't care about the denominational affiliation? Not, I don't want to say I don't care, but I'm not going to bend myself out of shape because a, mm-hmm. a church in a different state is doing things differently. Because you've got autonomy to do what you need yeah, to do. Yeah, hopefully, you know, and yeah. as long as, but but at the same time, even saying that, I do realize that at some point, probably for the health of the greater institution and because the things can get so far apart, separation is the right, th- I don't, you know. It, my, my bigger I, question, I, go ahead. I, I have, Absolutely, so I, I don't question that, but. You know, one of the challenges I we do talk about keeping the main thing the main thing, you know, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I, I, I will just say, and, you know, maybe we'll agree to disagree on this. There are people who are affirming of gay lifestyles who are, I believe, Christians mm-hmm. because they do love Jesus and mm-hmm. they do believe in the atoning blood of Jesus. And for me, you know, that's that's the that's the box that needs to be checked. Mm hmm. Yes. Um, you know, so, well, let's, let's so, so, in. so in some cases, if these other churches are going to go a different direction, I think better than us to fight or better than us to sling mud is just recognize, okay, they're going to live that out their way. Mm-hmm. We're going to live it out our way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do hope and believe we are going to see some of these people in heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'll go back, you know, 400, 500 years, Luther in the Catholic church. I do believe they're going to be Catholics in heaven. Right. You For know, sure. it's, but I'm not Catholic. The, the ones who believed in Christ. Yeah. The ones yeah who that's the box that needs Christ. to be checked. Yeah. And so, so to go back to your earlier statement, which I don't disagree with totally. And here's, here's how I've understood it. There's this process of sanctification that happens yeah. from the time that we're saved. Yeah. And so, um, and that's part of what we're trying to live out in our individual churches. Yes. And so we may diverge there and, 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 and I will look askew and say, well, I'm not sure that's a great way to disciple people. Right. You know, and, and, and if, if you're really affirming of LGBTQ matters, I would say, well, we're parting company there. Right. But it's not my place again to condemn them. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so so you, you're willing to say homosexuality is a sin and you're you're also willing to say that there could be people who don't say it's a sin who truly trust Christ. Yep. Um, but at some point you'd maybe part ways with them. It's going to be better for us to do ministry yeah. and and yep. But but what I've thought about is if somebody comes to faith in Christ, think about. Um, I mean, there's a story out here of just someone who recently came to faith. This is all new to them. Yeah. And and so there are certainly things in their life right now that I would call rough around the edges. Yeah, from you're hoping Christian they're going to start pulling those weeds out. Right. right? You know, whatever but, it, but cussing just, or, you or, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't all have to be sexual right. sins, right? They're, you all know, selfishness, quick temper, quick temper, hair, anger, you know, so yeah. And, and it's not, it's not, you're right. It's not just so like that. If that person gets hit by a bus today, 
They're still going to heaven. They're going to be in heaven, right. even though they're involved with things that would clearly be, if we knew them and we talked openly about it, we'd be like, that's not okay. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I, so for sure, I, that, that's how I believe not even people who are affirming of homosexuality right. will be in heaven. Some. Perhaps even some who are practicing. Perhaps even some who are practicing if their faith is truly in Christ yeah. and if they haven't been sanctified out of that yet if that's not a crass way to say it um and i, I would agree with you I, and i and i would also say i'm not the one who gets to know when those lines right. have changed that's right that's right um i would say hypothetically though um there has like if if this goes on for 60 more years and there's no movement in any way shape or form in any area of sin in a person's yeah. life yeah then maybe there's not a salvation yeah. that happened yeah Maybe, but, but to your point, we don't know. No, yeah, and that's that's tough. And you know, and of course, making decisions about salvation is not the same as making decisions about who will be members or leaders or in right. your church. Right? right? Those those are some different things. And a higher criteria. I would set a higher criteria, yeah. and we'd have to have. And some of those conversations are awkward. Yeah, for sure. Just they are and 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 in some ways we got to be not afraid to have those awkward conversations yeah but we also can't go in with this glib yeah. well you know i really love you yeah but let me tell you about this thing is it, yeah i hate in your life it's going to be more but now we you know it's awkward but we're going to lay this on the table and we're going to talk totally. about it you know here's i i was having a conversation with a guy way back maybe 10 15 years ago about this homosexuality issue coming into the church and he made a point that has stuck with me and I understand his point, but I still believe what I believe. You know, he, he was saying, why did we decide? And this gets back to my, my bigger question mm -hmm. earlier, which is how did we get here on specifically the topic of homosexuality? Yeah. So he said, he said, I believe everything you believe uh, related to the Bible about homosexuality. However, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that we stopped enforcing yeah. in the church related to sexuality and marriage. And so why are we going to draw the line right now? And he used the, he said, there's a lot of marriages or divorces and remarriages that according to the Bible, the church should not have any part of. Yeah. Oh, and, I, and, and so if you're going to blow past that and why did we blow past that? <laughs> then it seems like a double standard to drop the hammer over here. It does. Uh, Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean that goes to a little, one of my points about the phrase "love the sinner, hate the sin" is is that we use it kind of self righteously. Yeah. Right. So we get to pick on the sins. We don't, we don't really do. see ourselves doing, you know, and, and, you know, so that just not useful. And cause so yeah, in other areas of human sexuality, we really have seemed to get really lax so we can turn the volume on, you know, but I'd even go, you know, we're not always doing the best job of loving the poor. Right. Right. We're not always doing the best job of welcoming the foreigner, mm. you know, and, you know, in some sections of the church, well, hey, we don't need to worry about it. We don't need to talk about that stuff, you know, mm -hmm. or, or even the other way, you mm -hmm. know, really to be a Christian means to build a wall or, or what have you. Um, yeah, we're really inconsistent. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's where we got to put on our critical thinking hat, not necessarily our biblical hat, but our critical thinking hat and mm -hmm. say, okay, why is this the thing we're being told is the final battle? Yeah. You know, or the, yeah. the where the, the hill to die on. Right. Whereas some of these other hills have been conceded and that sort of thing. And and you gotta ask, well, who who benefits from that and 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 why is that the thing you know, and my shorthand answer would be because this is something that can keep us angry. Yeah. Interesting. And when we're angry, you know, then then we'll 
that motivates us to yeah. to do whatever and you know and so that's part of it too you know is we got to take the temperature down on some of these things yeah do you feel the uh in your congregation or when you give a message like this in a group like this do you feel the the tension between between I don't want to come across as being I don't want to be misperceived as saying homosexuality is okay for right, example yeah. and I don't want to be misperceived on this other side of saying um you know that uh we should just single out this sin and and condemn people who it's are the only one sin. yeah that it's, it's yeah and and do you ever think about yourself as you communicate this stuff being heard by one side or the other and being labeled one way or another or you don't really care yeah i mean i i do i mean i started to light as a preacher and you know tweaking a button i'm getting a yeah. reaction a little bit yeah because hopefully hopefully it'll lead to something like this well, let's talk about it yeah right um and again that where we get away from easy answers to having conversations it's going to be a lot i i'm you know i am not about to solve the issue within our denominations on human sexuality. I, I don't know the answer. I, it, it is frustrating. I don't think we can just forget about it. I, I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know. But, but hopefully we can talk and we don't have to just, just paint people who disagree with us with this one black brush and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and dismiss them and, and, and recognize ultimately, especially for those of us who claim Christ, you know, we can have disagreements and still love Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and to see the church unite around him. And, and, and I don't know, cause sometimes I hear that and it comes from people who are very, very affirming. And I think, yeah, but your vision of that, it almost sounds too universalist or something like yes. that. And I'm not a universalist and right. But yeah, I don't know. Well, this is great. They're this, headache causing questions, aren't they, Matt? Yeah, and and this is exactly why I wanted to. I, after I, we talked about doing this podcast last year. Yeah. And after I was listening to you preach this morning, I just thought, you know what? Uh, I hope Russell's available this afternoon because I want to do this while it's on the front of my mind. And this is exactly what I was hoping for—the kind yeah. of discussion that we've had. And I think that maybe it'll give uh, an example to any of our listeners who are trying to figure out how does a conversation like that go. Uh, maybe it'll cause some people to think more deeply or in a nuanced way. When I talk about thinking in a nuanced way, it makes me, it even makes me nervous yeah. because some stuff is black and white. I mean, yeah. some stuff is just clear and, and you can't really soften it or complexify it. It's, it's bam. Yeah. I mean, even to that, I mean, and I, cause I've said it a long time, cause this is something the church has been facing throughout my ministry is, is really, this isn't about sexuality. It's about the authority of scripture. Amen. 100%. Right. Yep. Um, but that conversation is even more nuanced in some ways. And, and I don't mean to sound pompous, but a little more technical and it's a little harder maybe for somebody to have that conversation about how we see scripture and what it means to have authority and to be inspired by God and that sort of, but I can talk about, you know, somebody who sleeps with men. Right. Right. You know, and so it's yeah. it's easier to have the fight there. And I would like to say, no, no, really, where we see these denominations really slipping yes. is where they're really just abandoning the word of God. Yes. And and let's get back to that and maybe not use homosexuality as example A, B and C. Right. But it is that's where that's where the in, in that, the battle is taking in place. In that situation I was referring to earlier, 
there is a clear battle on hell. Yeah. Is hell real? Yeah. Is it? Uh, there's a battle on all roads lead to heaven, universalism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a battle on a bunch of other issues. And what what I find a little frustrating is that homosexuality takes all the air out of the room. Yeah. When, when really these are all, whether it's hell or universalism or homosexuality or whatever the other three top issues mm-hmm. are, these are all symptomatic of a deeper understanding of the word of God. The authority of scripture and the mission of Jesus. That's the yeah, core. Right? Was the mission of Jesus to, to die on my behalf because there was no other way for me to be saved? Or, or was there some other? Jesus, God was going to let me in anyway, you know, take me, you know, and, and I, yeah. And to me that, you know, for me, logically, I start with who's Christ, who is Jesus, what was his mission? Mm-hmm. You know, and if he came and he died on the cross for my sins because there's no other way to save me, how do I know that? Because that's what the Bible tells me. So, and Jesus affirms the Bible. So now I want to use the Bible as my, you right. know, my measure and, 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 and witness to the truth. And, and so then now we can talk about ethics and behavior and what God wants from us and that sort of thing. But yeah, you know, and so I get really uncomfortable when people really diminish the idea that Jesus needed to die on the cross. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's the part where I'd be like, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's not necessarily the way I would have done it, but that's the way God did it. And mm-hmm. it seemed, you know, and I, I, that's my hope for my salvation. Yeah. That's my gospel. Yeah. Good stuff. Russell <laughs> Wallenberg misquoted things we think are in the Bible, but are not. And thanks for coming back to the Cedar Falls Bible. Conference Matt, again. thank you for having me. And this was fun. Awesome. This was fun. Have a good one. All right. The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.